My next guest is an up-and-coming pop artist out of Greater Seattle. She just recently started putting out singles, but she's been doing music for the majority of her life. At one point, she was even part of a record label in L.A. Her new song, Telepathically, is out now. Introducing Anna Thompson. I can't say it podcast everyone today i'm with a very special guest the one and only anna thompson that's me hi there we go so we're recording live and direct at the vera project and you said you've been here before yes many times yeah several times and for music or yeah i um i was a student at the school of rock bellevue for from 8 to 11 to 17 and we did tons of shows over here oh shit so you have like a background in like instruments and stuff yeah yeah, vaguely. I don't really play. I'm not adept in my instrumental skills, but I sang. So okay, that was super fun. It gave me most of my performance experience. I would say. Gotcha. And like on Spotify, you have three singles out though. So have you just recently started putting out songs? Or? Yes, yes, very recently. My first record dropped uh, December sixth oh, of twenty twenty. Yeah. Then how the hell did you get Justin Frick already? Like that's actually like. I I texted him. <laughs> So do you know him personally then, or no? I um, I saw him on Instagram. Saw that he was in the well, vaguely, you know, Tri Cities, um, and I loved his work. And we have tons of mutuals because everybody here just knows each other. Yeah. And, um, I DM'd him. Took a while to get back to me, and then I talked to uh, Jake Crocker, who had his number. Texted him. He texted me. We started texting, and we shot a few videos. Few. Yeah. You have a few in line then, or two? Two. Okay. Sorry, a couple. <laughs> That's so cool, though. What the hell? Yeah, they turned out really well. It was super fun. I've never shot a video before, so it was awesome. Wow, that's the perfect person to shoot your first video with, then. Like, yeah, definitely. He killed it. Yeah, because like you know, a lot of rappers who ever try to get like their homeboy to shoot the video for them, it looks <laughs> awful, straight <laughs> awful. But like, he's cool. It's almost like. Because, like, some of, like, the props aren't even real props, but they're, like, they look like they're real. They're yeah, cool. I was really impressed with um, the way that his set design team went about things um, because it, it's obviously, like, you get the Hollywood quality with the gear, but the sets themselves are very budget. And, mm -hmm. in fact, for a lot of the scenes, they ended up going to the thrift store and to tie in, like, the monochromacy of everything aesthetically, they just spray-painted everything mm. one color. So there was, like, a table, and they spray-painted it yellow. And <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Very creative. So with, like, a music director like that, is it more him deciding what's going to happen? Or, or do you have, like, a something in your mind you're like, I want it to look like this? Or um, Sometimes I have vague ideas, but I am definitely not very adept in the visual side of things i'm way more focused on the sonical side mm -hmm. so when it comes to visuals i often let everybody in charge just kind of take full creative control and just be like listen to the record and tell me what you think i'm thinking of like you know having this kind of color palette but other than that just kind of run with it wow yeah so he's up in the tri-city so did you go to him or did you come down to seattle or yeah i went up there i went to oh, um, shit. richland yeah three-hour drive Oh, that's not too bad. Did you come back the same night, or did you have to, like, stay somewhere? I was there for three days. We did three 12-hour shoot days in a row, back-to-back. -back. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a lot. So do you know all the artists that he's worked with? Because he's worked with some pretty big people in Seattle. Um, Not personally. Honestly, I don't. I, I know a few artists in the area. Um, Not a ton of the big ones. I've heard of a few, and um, honestly, it's it's hard to find people who do pop here. Mm. And I'm really interested in trying to meet as many people who kind of do the type of music that I do as possible. Um, but it's basically just me and my two besties just trying to make pop music. Oh, yeah. So, like, I've done over 100 interviews so far and maybe oh wow, three girls. <laughs> it's actually really hard to find girls in the music scene here for some reason. Really? Yeah, go to L.A. Yeah, yeah, there we go. But, like, I know a few pop singers yeah. that could... I could help you out with probably like you should I could see you working with like even like Ray Dalton you know Ray Dalton right no I don't 
Yes, you do. He's the guy who did "Can't Hold Us" with Macklemore. Oh, yeah. Duh. He's um. <laughs> I had had I had him on the podcast, and he's very pop, and he's actually signed to. I think I could be completely wrong, but it's like Warner Bros. Europe or some shit like that. Like he's signed, mm. not even in our country. But oh. he's from Seattle, and he lives in Seattle, which That's is kind of awesome. crazy, like shit like that. But like, because pop in general is such a anyone and everyone can listen to pop, you know, like it kind of takes a second sure. for people to want to listen to like rap. It's like more of a pop is more inviting yeah, than rap that. or country. You, you t- country is torture to me. I, I, I just I can't do country. I think the only genres that I'm like not super with are country and rap. Ah, you're not with rap. I really hate myself for it. Everybody looks like they love it, and I just wish I could be on board with this genre of music. But my, um, I like, I appreciate rap and pop music, okay. and I appreciate hip hop elements in pop music. But I need a melody to listen to. You need like a crossover, you know, like you need like yeah. a Juicy J to the Katy Perry, or like the yeah, Kendrick yeah, Lamar absolutely. to the Taylor Swift type deal, like. I freak with Lizzo because she sings. Yeah. She raps. And plenty of uh, female hip hop artists kind of do the same. So, but it's definitely not a genre that I listen to regularly. Mm-hmm. Pop wasn't even a genre that I listened to regularly until like a few years ago. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to be a pop artist. <laughs> mm. Are there, one reason why I like hip hop so much though is there's like hundreds and hundreds of like subcategories to hip hop. Yes, absolutely. Is which is just, why I don't like to bash the entire genre generally. Mm-hmm. I just I, I like melodies. I yeah. can't sing along to rap music. Is there a lot of subcategories to pop? I know there's like indie pop. Like I would think so because I think uh pop music is such a broad word. genre these days because mm-hmm. um like Billie Eilish is pop music, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that her most recent album was anything comparable to what we know pop music to be. Mhm. But regardless, it's still pop music because it's, you know, Hot 100. Everybody listens to it. Even, like, sometimes bands can be considered pop. They usually get, like, the indie thrown on top of it. Yeah, like Like Maroon 5. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's pop. There we go. So when did you specifically start music? Is it from when you did, like, the, you said Bellevue Rock something? School of Rock Bellevue. School of Rock. Yeah. Um, I've been singing my entire life. I'm one of those artists. Okay. I feel like there's two types. There's the... I've been singing since I was a child, and I started when I was 20, and now I'm super good. But, um, mm. yeah, I this is pretty much the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. Wow. And I've known that since I was born. <laughs> and wow. um, I was in musical theater as a kid. I was a theater kid. Um, I loved it. And, I mean, every young girl dreams of being a pop star. But for me, I was like, this is seriously all I want to do. And um, I loved theater. And then when I was 11, School of Rock opened a location in Bellevue which is very close to my house in Kirkland. And um, my mom forced me to go, and I was so not down. I was like, Mom, I am not going to the School of Rock. Jesus. And um, she forced me into it, but she kept forcing me into more and more shows and more programs, and I kind of fell in love with rock and roll. I'm not going to lie. And wow. then I, I joined their audition-only band, and that's what led me to being able to do so many shows at all these venues wow. um, with lots of other super-duper talented kids. And... Um, it was so much fun, and we just played rock music all over Seattle, and we got, like, the little band experience. Obviously, the crowds weren't huge, but it was still so much fun, and I learned, you know, how to perform and got over my stage fright. Wow. And then I started kind of transitioning to pop when, seriously, when I was 16. Um, and that was a huge transition. Um, so when I was 16, I was approached by a major record label, and um, they offered me a record contract. <sighs> crazy <laughs> and um i ended up dropping out of high school oh. in order to pursue said record contract and <laughs> you're like <gasps> um uh, it was my junior in high school uh but i was like okay i'm gonna do pop music and then i started really training my voice i quit smoking i you know wait I, you smoked in high like oh, c- yes. cigarettes or weed oh yes cigarettes oh man that's not good yes i smoked for three years but you you, you grew up in <laughs> Bellevue. Kirkland, yeah. Kirkland. I yeah. feel like those guys are pretty nice. I feel like... Sure. But you th- <laughs> were surrounded by people that smoke cigarettes and... Yes. What, what high, high school, middle school? I don't know middle school, high school. Um, 
I went to Lake Washington High School my freshman year of high school. Okay. And then I transferred to an alternative school called Emerson High School. Because of cigarettes? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they they banished me and sent me to the bad kids school. But anyways, you know, I, I did all these things to kind of transition to pop. And then the major record label reached out. And they were like, you know, there's this whole audition process. Wait, so, one second. Though. How did you... How did they reach out? Because I think that's like a thing. Like that's like a dream that people hear of. I I know it. It, it was insane. Um, and it was very unconventional. Do you want to hear like yes. how it happened step by step? Okay. So I'm not. I'm gonna kind of leave the label and the name of this talent search anonymous. Okay. But you've heard of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I saw a talent search being promoted by one of their artists. Artists will name will remain unnamed. And um, the you know the the call out was like we're looking for pop and R&B artists ages 13 to 19 to potentially work with said record label. Submit your videos here. And I was like, can I swear? Yes. Fuck it. I, I was like, fuck it. And so I submitted a video. And um, then I didn't really think anything of it. I think that was October of 2017. Then January, my soon-to-be A&R from the label called my mom. And it was like, hey, we got like 13,000 submissions and we narrowed it down to 20, including Anna. We want to fly her out for this audition process. So I flew out to LA in March wow. and they narrowed the 20 down to seven and then they narrowed the seven down to me. And then two weeks later, they sent me my record contract. I got a lawyer and I started flying to LA like once sure. a month to go do writing sessions, cut sessions, et cetera. And I learned a lot. I learned everything that I could have learned about the recording industry. And I worked with them for about a year, and nothing really ever came of it. They just kind of stopped talking to me, and um, they didn't really want to release my records, which is totally fine. Are they good records, though? Yes. I, I would say that my records now, as an adult, no, adult, um, are far better, and I prefer them. But there were some bangers in there that I, that mm. I do wish could come out. But I, I was so impatient. I was I was so young, and you know this is like the dream gig, and nothing really came of it. So it it was hard, but it was kind of a slow burn. So I didn't really care that much. I was like, well, oh well. And then I started working with every reality television show in the universe, um, because once you kind of get going on socials, they just all reach out to you at once. Um, so I was working with a ton of them. I went on one of them. <gasps> didn't make air. Oh. <laughs> Will remain unnamed as well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not that many you could probably guess. Um, and uh, yeah. And then after that, uh, in August 2020, I was like, you know, I'm, I should really start releasing my own records. I have a whole vault of top lines that I just need production for. And so I started super networking, trying to find the pop team in Seattle, which is so hard. And then I did. And then, you know, some social stuff happened and pushed me to rush a release. And then boom, now I'm here. Some music out. It's so awesome. Wait, but we were we were we were planning your interview around your school schedule. So you're in school right now. Yeah, I just started four weeks ago. Do you like that? I can't. I can't no. go. I can't go to school. No. Fuck that. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> it's not ideal. Um. So I go to the Berkeley College of Music. And um, that's in Seattle, or is it online? In it's in Boston, but um, because of the pandemic, I'm doing it remote. Okay. So I'm doing it from home, and um, it is a lot and a half. It's a lot and a half. Wow. Um, I actually didn't know that I would be – I auditioned over a year ago, and I didn't really think anything of it, and then I got in. I got in with a scholarship. So this isn't like you're doing fucking math. You're doing something that will actually help your music career. Eh, sort of. I, it's very theoretical-based. It's okay. not really performance-based at all. I mean, at least with the curriculum that I'm doing right now, because I'm a first semester student, so it's all music theory, writing notation, et cetera. Like, okay. my homework is I have a manuscript, and I write down notes, I listen to melodies, and I write down what they are. So how do you know words, then, if you dropped out? Like, I feel like some people, like, they're just, their vocabulary just sucks if they drop out of school. Like, how, and you said you dropped oh. out in junior year or something? Yeah, I did, and I... um. After things kind of fell through with the record label, I went back in April of my senior year. Oh, okay. And I crammed my entire senior year into those two months. I grinded. Wow. And um, I graduated on time with my class. It was insane. I was, it was miraculous. I think I performed well in school. I, I like school. But not, I, don't, I don't know how <laughs> I feel about college. Everybody said it was so much easier than high school and better, but I am in seven classes. 
You're in seven classes? I thought yes. I thought the normal amount was like four or some shit. That's what I thought too. But you know, I have to remember that this is prestigious private music school and that it's not going to really abide by the traditional <laughs> college format. But it, it's a lot. Um, it, I've been really struggling lately. I, I'm going to get it all done. I have no doubt that I will perform well and have good grades. Um but I am unsure if I'll be returning after this semester. But, but your mom pushed, you're like your family like was very down for you to do all of this stuff in the beginning. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're incredibly supportive. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a musical family at all? Sort of, yeah. Um, more on my mom's side. My mom can sing. She never really did much with it, but my grandmother, um, uh, multi-instrumentally talented. She has perfect pitch and red hair, which okay. I inherited both of, which is awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's insane, though. So, like, just, like, your journey is completely different than, like, an average artist from the Seattle area. Like, did you, really? ha did you have to, you didn't have to, like, what the heck? So, you're not, did you, do you, so do you know Seattle artists, really? Like, did you have to, like, do that thing where, like, you're connecting with all these artists at different concerts and, like. No. So, you're just, like, what the hell? Yeah. I'm kind of in a little bubble of. Anna and hey, you produce pop music. Let's have a session. <laughs> Just wow. trying to find as many pop producers as possible. I know a few um, smaller artists that I talk to, and like I mentioned prior, my best friends are also pop artists here, and so that's super fun. And we have pretty much identical teams, so we can wow. kind of just go to sessions together, write together, do all that fun stuff. So you have a, you have a team? Do you have like a marketing team, manager team? Mm -mm. It's uh, it's me and my dad. Okay. We are business partners. Um, him and I are a machine. It's okay. insane. Um, yeah, we. This is what I think a lot of independent artists kind of don't really gravitate to. It's the research because mm -hmm. the networking is really important as well. And sometimes I'm poor at that. Like I'm not very well versed in everybody that exists here. I hope to be. Um, it's obviously hard when you can't really like go to shows and like, talk to people. But um, yeah. Um, Back to when I was first being offered my record contract, um, the owner of the label um, and my dad kind of, they, they talked a lot, and um, <clears throat> he, uh, the owner of the label recommended my dad like a bunch of material to read up on, and my dad is the kind of guy who, you know, when he puts his mind to something, he just goes. Mm. He's a genius. He's the smartest person that I know, by far. Um, but... Yeah, no, it, it's insane how dedicated he was. He was like, all right, so, you know, you're not going to be in school and you're going to work in L.A. I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can about the recording industry to work in your favor. So he read every single book and he did all of the research. He read every single interview that this guy did and um, kind of just like reverberated it back to me. And wow. uh, nowadays, three years later, three, two and a half, three, give or take, um, I spend a lot of my time, well, before school started. I spent a lot of my time researching marketing techniques and um, advertisement platforms and um, a lot of, you know, looking at analytics, filming advertisements, A, being them to see which ones perform better and then pushing on that factor that everybody's attracted to. And me and my dad just kind of spend hours a day just in his office, you know, talking yes. strategy. Does he, like, give you advice, advice, like, what artists to maybe connect with and, like, who to stay away from? Like, does he have any? He doesn't prior know knowledge? Any, anybody. Oh. Hmm. You know, he he's never really worked in the music industry. So, okay. Yeah, he went from it's the tech, best dad ever, though. <laughs> you know, tech executive to um, hey, let's run a marketing campaign out of our house. Wow. <laughs> and so, he does it for my friends too. Wow. Yeah, he helps them. We all get on like Zoom calls together and have full on meetings with my dad. Do are you trying to be pushed as like a Seattle artist though, or like? I don't know. What would you consider a Seattle artist? I don't know. It's so funny because I feel like it's always the girls, too. They seem like they have <laughs> somehow any girl I've interviewed. It's like they have like a f they've had like a full on journey and mm -hmm. like they've like I don't even know how to explain it. Like a lot of the, like a lot of like the rappers or whatever genre just as a guy in the Seattle area, it seems like they 
not they're not forced to, but they have to make all these connections in the Seattle area and make sure like everyone knows who they are. Right. But then I hear like a story like you who like just dropped out of school and had a record deal and shit like that. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? So you didn't really have to do any of the grunt work of like building your name up through the Seattle scene and then, which I don't think you need to do it honestly though realistically but like i mean you know I, I think that's a really excellent thing to do and i haven't really had the opportunity to do so um i definitely plan on doing so um but i've never really considered i consider myself an artist from seattle and i'm really proud to be an artist from seattle but i don't really know if i fit the niche of what a seattle artist is sonically mm. um because the majority of it is rock and hip-hop and mm. um you know the pop industry is itty bitty Really? Itty bitty, itty bitty, itty, itty tiny bitty. <laughs> Where do you think the majority of pop artists come from? LA. LA? LA, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody and their mom and their brother makes pop music in LA. Is that because there's the record labels out there, or is it like they're, they wake up being born in LA and being like, I see all this and I want it? Or are people moving to LA versus actually growing up in LA being pop artists? Um, I think it's a mix of both. I wouldn't know for certain because. I tried to not spend all of my time in L.A. because it's not my favorite place in the world. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, in L.A., there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of amazing pop producers that you can work with. Where in Seattle, there's probably, like, three. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's it's the melody and the beats that you like about pop? Or, like, do you like certain, like, hip-hop beeps that beeps, beats? Like, what specifically about mm. pop that do you gravitate to? Um... Well, uh, I think this would be better explained with just how how I was inspired to start doing it anyways. Okay. I discovered Ariana Grande when I was 16, which is pretty late. She was pretty famous. Like, <laughs> I, I, I knew who she was, but I never listened to her music because I was like, ew, pop music, dirty, gross. Mm. I'm not like the other kids. I don't <laughs> listen to pop music. <laughs> just, like, listened to Radiohead and thought it was hard. Anyways, um... <laughs> I discovered Ariana Grande and I was like, you know what? I think I want to do pop music. Who's a pop artist? She was the first one that came to mind. I was like, maybe I should listen to her music. And then I listened to one of her records and I, oh my God, I was mind blown by her voice and her wow. vocal ability. And I was just instantly inspired. And I was like, I need to sound like that. And I sound nothing like that. My technique is shit. And I, <laughs> it will take years to sound like that. And it did. And I still don't sound like that. But I really... I spent hours just watching videos of her performing and videos of her singing other artists too, but um, especially her because I admired her technique so much and I mimicked everything she did. I couldn't do it. And then one day I could do it. Wow. And I just did that over and over and over again. And um, I've always kind of wanted to be recognized as an artist who is vocally capable, not necessarily like, oh, she has a really cool style or oh, she has a really cool sound. Like, I want people to hear me sing and be like, wow, that sounds like she worked really hard on learning how to sing like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I really saw that in Ariana. Um, not that her songs are bad or her songs are great, but that just kind of felt like the style of music that I wanted to do and like the fun production. And, you know, there's room to be vocally impressive. There's room to be stylistic. There's room for clever lyrics. And um, it's all very calculated. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Is... And this school is going to help you more with that in some way? Like, what is overall, what are you going to learn from going to school right now for music? I'm not sure. I'm really lost as far as that goes. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what's going on there. It's just kind of like, okay, I wake up at the crack of dawn and I sit down at my computer and join a Zoom meeting and I learn about huh. the Aeolian scale or whatever. <laughs> so what, what, are the, what are some things that you still want to learn, though, like about music that you are vocally even i think the most valuable thing that i'm getting from school right now is my private instructor um she stresses me out so much but i learned the most <laughs> her and i only have a 50 minute um session together once a week um and she's like okay your technique is bad let's fix it and then i freak out and i'm like my technique is bad how do i fix it and then she's like this is how you fix it and i'm like Oh my God. Okay. Now let's, and then I just get super hyper-focused on it and, um, stresses me out a lot, but at least I know that I'm getting better. So what do you mean by technique? Like you're not hitting the right pitch? <laughs> I have no idea what to, Vocally, well, I don't know what you're, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, technique is just, uh, how you move your vocal cords 
mm-hmm. when you're performing. And there's a lot of things that can lead to vocal injury. Like Adele and Sam Smith, they had very similar bad habits that led them to injuring their vocal cords and needing rehabilitation and retraining. And um, I have a lot of those habits. Lots of singers have a lot of those habits. And um, untraining yourself from them is just a matter of muscle memory and just doing silly exercises every single day for hours a day. Even like just stretching your body, like just physically being loose enough so that, you know, your neck and your larynx is all appropriate and your diaphragm and everything here. Like this whole central area of your body from your belly button to your eyes is mm. needs to be in proper shape in order to execute a vocal. So does yoga help with that? <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of do. It is kind of yoga-like. I end up like sitting on the ground with like a foam roller behind my neck, oh, like doing like breathing exercises and I have to like stretch my shoulders and my neck and get everything in shape. And then I have to go <laughs> over and over. So it sounds like there's a lot to being a pop artist. So is it possible to be like an overnight like literally like overnight pop artist or like can someone mm-hmm. just sing and then put that song out and actually get somewhere or is, does it actually take all this training and then putting out a song pop music is really interesting because the majority of pop artists that you'll hear are not that technically skilled okay honestly i wouldn't say that i'm the most technically skilled in the world but i that is what i aim to be that is my main focus is being able to sing well um I'm getting better at writing, though, so I am kind of impressed with my top lines lately, <laughs> so that's good. But you do not have to be a good vocalist to sing pop music because all you have to do is just have, I mean, it's so intangible and hard to describe, but, like, that it factor. Mm. Um, but isn't there a thing where, like, sometimes when I listen to pop music, it all sounds the same, but then the beat sometimes sounds the same, too. So what does it take to stand out as a pop artist? To stand out, um, I think there has to be a tonal quality to your voice that's attractive that people haven't heard before. I think you have to have a personality that's attractive that people haven't seen before. That could include a look. That doesn't mean you have to be beautiful, um, but just a distinctive part about you that people see that you know makes you <clears throat> recognizable. And you also have to have, you know, decent music. Mm. Um, I think once you're already there, it's not all about, like, finding that perfect, catchy hook in that top line that you've never heard before. It's more about, oh, this is a good song, and I'm super fucking famous, so I can put it out and it'll stream well. But, you know, when you're first coming on the scene, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, have you heard of Salem Elise? I have not. Um, she has a record called Mad at Disney. <laughs> um Nobody's ever written that song before. She actually came from Berkeley. Um, okay. she, I'm pretty sure she left, but she she went there. And uh, there's a bunch of Berkeley people that produced that record. And she just put it out independently, and it blew up. It's like, I'm at a Disney, Disney, they tricked me. And, like, that line, um, she also borrows a melody from the from the Disney jingle. But um, hmm. nobody's heard that before. I haven't heard that before. And, you know, nobody heard, heard of her before and that really like put her on the map and then she got signed and she's doing awesome stuff now so when record labels are looking at pop artists though are they looking more at the beat or the vocalist because for hip-hop at least like sometimes it's the actually the like the audience doesn't realize it but it's the beat that the people like not even actually the artist themselves yeah um well there's two pieces that make a record, really. There's the production, or the beat, and then there's the top line, which is the lyrics and the vocal. Both of these can be interchanged. So if you, if an A&R hears a record that they like and they like the top line, they will invite that artist in to write, or you know, they'll give them a writing deal, they'll give them an artist deal, whatever, but they can always change the production. They can just have somebody come in and mm. re- redo it, and vice versa. Like, you know, if a producer submits something and has some random vocal on it, like they can be like, okay, ditch the vocal. Let's send this beat to somebody else. Crazy. We like the production. Yeah. Because you, you, you just see a lot of SoundCloud artists or even TikTok artists nowadays that have like no talent and they're getting fucking signed. And like. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's not about talent. It's about being <sighs> recognizable and being different. And um, you're definitely yeah. recognizable at this point. You got a, what is that? You have a tattoo on, under your eye or is that like makeup? It's makeup. It's not a tattoo. Um, I don't think it ever will be a tattoo. 
I did. I feel like it will be. No, I'm Give not it. that stupid. Yeah, it's not going to be stupid. It's I'm just 19 years old. I'm not getting a face tat. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> I give it like 10 years. 10 years. If you keep up with it. If, you, if one day mm. you just wake up and like, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. But if you keep going on. Well, yeah, that's what I consider because I'm like, you know, I've been doing this every day since I was 13. Drawing this on my face. What is, is this an X? Yeah, it's an X. Is X. it like, is it just one color or is it like two things? Like, is it just black? Yeah, or? it's just a black X. It's eyeliner. That's but, all it is. But what, what what's the meaning behind the black X then? It doesn't mean anything. When I was thirteen, I was the super. I was a super Satan kid. And I had crazy colored hair. Did you say super Satan kid? No, super scene. Oh, from you Dragon know? Ball. See, no, super Saiyan. Super scene, like emo. Super like scene. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. You know, like the scene kids from the 2000s on MySpace with like the big rainbow hair and like the bows and stuff. And they all listen to like My Chemical Romance and Blackfield Brides. Okay, well, it was a whole thing. And I was with them. <laughs> and I had like this crazy look and I colored my hair a different color like every other week. And I drew on my face. Like I, I drew dots on my face. I drew lines on my face. And I drew X's on my face. And then one day I just started drawing one X right here every single day. And then as I kind of like grew out of the phase, I was like... And I never stopped. I don't really know how it happened. It was such a strange occurrence, and everybody thinks it's significant, but it's not. It's just something that I thought looked cool when I was in middle school. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's funny as hell. So do you still listen to that music then? On occasion, sometimes. Who do you listen Is there like, who do you listen to now then? Is it who like, do I listen to now? Um, I mainly listen to pop now. Um, so, okay, how do you get these followers then? How do, You have like 20,000 followers, and like... I'm just kind of, I'm not surprised. This is crazy that you didn't really have to, you did like the, you know, you were part of the scene in a certain extent in School of, school of Rock. Mm -hmm. So how'd you get all these followers? Um, mainly me and my dad's marketing plan. Really? Yeah. I run growth campaigns for okay. my streaming platforms. And um, sometimes that carries over to socials. I also have, um, a big thing is TikTok. You have TikTok? Yeah, TikTok. I have Right now, I think I have 90,000 followers on TikTok, Jeez. which is pretty small for TikTok, to be honest. I have mutuals with hundreds of thousands to millions of followers on TikTok um, just because it's so saturated. There's so many people on there. Um, but their algorithm is really interesting. And me and my dad have just been like kind of trying to figure out how to crack it and like mm -hmm. how it works because Instagram and Facebook and all of that is really straightforward. And it's really easy to get um, exposure there when you run the right ads. But TikTok, we tried running an ad on there, and it did not do well. And honestly, I kind of decided that it's a waste of money to run advertisements on TikTok because its algorithm is so volatile that it doesn't matter. If you strike gold, I have a video on there with 1.1 million views. And I think the first TikTok I posted, I had zero followers, and it had 100,000 views within two hours. It's just if you post something, they just send it to random people, and then... 10 of them like it, then it just exponentially grows. Mm. It's crazy. It's a really, really great tool for artists to get exposure. And then you have your Instagram in there, you have your music in there, and then people click it, and then they yeah. listen, and they follow you elsewhere. Do you think TikTok can be biased towards gender at all, though? Like, you know, Instagram is 100%. If you're a girl, you're definitely going to have more followers than a guy. I'm just, that's what it is. <laughs> but what is that? Is it like that on TikTok at all? I'm not sure. I haven't really noticed because the content on TikTok is so different. Mm. There, I honestly don't see a lot of music content, but I know that it does do well. There are a lot of songs that are big because of TikTok, like Salem Elise, Mad at Disney. It blew up on TikTok as a sound um, that people were using to do their makeup to. Mm. And they were making makeup TikToks with this sound and everybody's like, oh my God, what's this song? And then they go listen to it and then boom, she's famous. Do you make, do you make TikTok? Make makeup TikToks? No. <laughs> just like, hey, everyone, this is how I do the X, and then just, <laughs> I'm done. Three-second video. So this is my makeup tutorial. I take an eyeliner. And All right, that's that. <laughs> like, I, um, do you know Jairus Johnson or Ricky Desktop? No. I interviewed both them, both of them, and they both, like, got signed from TikTok. So, like, and those guys are both guys, so I thought that was pretty cool. And, like, so basically Ricky Desktop made this beat called the Banjo Beat, and this other beat called the Chicken Wing Beat, and they're both, like, pretty viral on TikTok. And then Jairus Johnson remixed with vocals, and 
which increased it even more. So they both blew up off of it and both got signed, which was oh, that's crazy. Awesome. So I, I see that there is cool things like that happen on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I released my first record because of TikTok, and it did so well because of TikTok. Oh, I posted sure. a... I mean, I'd been posting covers on TikTok for a while, and they did okay. You know, like 50,000 views here and there, 10,000 likes, whatever. And um, then I posted a video of me singing my original song, Get Me High, and I was... It was I was just practicing and filming myself. I just wrote it like five minutes ago. Wrote written. Jesus, Anna. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I was just playing the piano, singing it, and um, filming it to watch it back. And I messed up like 10 times. Like, it was not like a cohesive video. And then I, I was watching it. It was kind of funny. So I annotated it and put it on TikTok. Didn't think anything of it. And then I wake up the next morning, and it has like 100,000 views. Jeez, like, do you even have to do like hashtags or anything? Yeah, I, I do hashtags. Sometimes it doesn't really matter. I honestly don't know, but yeah. you put like three hashtags on there. You do like hashtag singing, hashtag songwriting, hashtag for you page, and then sometimes it goes off. And then I think right now it has six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand views. But it had all of these views, and everybody was like, "Drop it right now, or or else," you know. Uh. <laughs> so I got in the studio. I I made TikTok content on the studio in the studio, and we like rushed this release as quick as possible. I did it with uh, Jake Crocker, and um, that the th is that the thirsty one? No. What's yeah. the the thirsty ones with someone else? Thirsty is with uh, my best friend Nikki Buell. And what's the one with Jake Crocker again? Get me high. Get me high. Okay. Yeah, get me high. So we did that one together, and um, then I released it. I think like a month. Then a half after the video, the initial TikTok came out, and um, I didn't do any promo for the first week, and it got like fifty thousand streams. Jeez. Yeah, just from TikTok. Dang. And do how many followers or views do you need for like sponsors to start reaching out to you on TikTok? A lot more than I have, because I have had zero. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then, but because TikTok is so volatile, like it, I'm guessing you need more views and followers but what about on instagram like do people reach out to you on instagram yet um probably i i can't go through dms at this point oh shit no i can't that's it's, funny as fuck. it's too much there's too way too much i i try my best but i get like a hundred a day wow and i can't even imagine what like actual celebrity famous people <laughs> get right. in their dms so yeah, that's pretty crazy. But I, I check them um, whenever I can, and I, like, respond to people a lot because a lot of them are like, wow, I love the song. And then I'm like, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Do you see Seattle artists reaching out to you at this point? Or is it still, like, it's yeah. kind of like a barrier where you have no idea what's going on? Um, well, a, a mix of both. Um, you know, I have artists reaching out to me all the time. And um, we have, I have, like, online acquaintances with other artists. And, um, it, like, Jake I met on Instagram. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Many years ago. Three years ago. Two or three years ago. And is Jake count as one of your close friends? Or is he just like another artist kind of in a way? Um, I wouldn't say we're like the closest in the world, but we've known each other for a bit and we've done a few records together. So with your other like close friends, you said that your dad like kind of helps manage. Did they have like the background experience you have also? Like record label stuff at all? Or? No. Wow. I kind of... um took it upon myself to introduce them to the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. And do you kind of see like a difference between like how you're doing and like, do you see them kind of struggling a little bit because they don't have like the experience you're having or I see them. Uh, well, it kind of depends. I mean, I see them struggle with the patience thing because I struggled with that hardcore when I was sitting on all of these records and I couldn't release any of them for years. And, um, they, I mean, a lot of independent artists haven't had that experience and don't quite yet understand that it takes a long time and <laughs> it takes a lot of patience. Like when I was initially offered my record contract, they're like, okay, so we're going to develop you for two years mm. and then we're going to release your records. And, you know, like nothing comes, that that's what happens with a lot of record labels. Unless you're already famous, they will you know, just develop you, just put you in sessions over and over and over again until they feel like they have something that they can but put they, out. But they kind of let you go out before that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Are you salty about that still a little bit? No, because that's the way it goes. And that's what I think a lot of my friends and a lot of artists that I know 
lack the acceptance for is like, you know, when you're, the industry is not on your side mm-hmm. oftentimes and you just have to be okay with that. Like you are going to be disappointed over and over and over again. Like I spent, <laughs> I spent so much time and energy filming a whole ass reality television show <laughs> and my package didn't make air <laughs> mm. <laughs> and like stuff like that happens and you just have to be okay with it. Right. What, ha- what So what happens if you like end up popping off and those people still probably have your songs, right? In their catalog somewhere? Yeah. I mean, I have them still. Okay. So there's, you own the rights to them at this point? No. no. So they, so if you blow up, could they use your songs on their own accord or like what happens then? Um. Are you even worried about that at all? No. Because they seem to have a little interest in working with me again, let alone releasing my records. If they would like to work with me again, I would love to, but, um. Boop, boop, boop. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they couldn't really do anything with the records that I cut with them other than give them to another artist mm. or um, they would have to hit me up before they put those out. So are you looking to be independent? Or are you looking for a label? or what's? I don't, I don't huh? really care. Hmm. I really don't. I mean, I am enjoying just making music and putting it out. Like, I'm not... An A-list celebrity. I'm not a huge pop star, but it's it's fun. People seem to like it, and it's going okay. The only downside is I have to be my own A&R, my own manager, my own publicist, my own everything. It's just me and my dad, and it ends up being a lot of work on top of school and making the records and writing the records, period. But um, So, like, having um, outside sources to help would be nice independently. Um, but if a label reached out to me and offered me something good then i would absolutely take it and you're you and your dad are probably ahead of the curb too and you probably know like the screwballs and shit they can throw at you whatever curveballs yeah i mean i have an excellent lawyer <laughs> oh shit here we go <laughs> so did you make any money while you were working with your label or is it like no no because they didn't put out any of my records but the, the nice thing was i didn't have to spend any money they spent tons of money on putting me in flights and stuff I'm guessing. yeah flying me back and forth paying for my apartment paying for my food paying wow. for my ubers and let alone just putting me in the room with these crazy successful producers and writers wow yeah i was living the lifestyle but i didn't have any music out <laughs> do you do you miss that then that part or like um i kind of do you feel like everything has kind of just happened for a reason for you in a way really care you don't care yeah i'm just kind of i'm just kind of going with it you know i if if a label reaches out to me i would love to go there for one reason and that is the finances because making pop music is expensive Mm. and labels have the money to pay for that sessions are expensive producers are expensive and so are writers but i write everything myself now i Mm. used to not write everything myself but so for producing music do you have so you said there's not many people in seattle so are you working with producers in seattle at all then or like yeah i only work with uh producers in seattle there's i work with jake crocker and um this guy named alex olson um aka fluency he um so my most recent record telepathically was produced by fluency um swish aka wyatt morrison he's crazy on the keys and uh philip peterson did strings and it uh, was the three of them and myself and it turned out really well and then justin frick did the video so do you know like sango elon wright Nima Skeens? wow should i yeah okay you don't know sango no give me their numbers i'll hit them up <laughs> yeah and it's, you already have so how do you like how do you approach like artists and producers? Because it's not like you're just some random per like you have like a resume basically. So like how do you explain that to artists and producers or whoever? Mm. I don't feel like you just DM people and be like, Hey, can I work with you? Like you literally have stuff to showcase versus up and coming artists who might not really have that much to give back to No, that's pretty much what I do. I just DM them. I'm like, Hey, I like your work. Would you like to do a session with me? And then they look at my Instagram. And that's, like, it. that's it. That's <laughs> your fucking resume. 20,000 followers. Well, honestly, <laughs> it, it wasn't like that until a few weeks ago. Honestly. Wow. Yeah, I think I'll probably tell you, but I only hit 10K like 
three weeks ago, a month ago. Want to help me out with mine? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do pretty, I don't know. Organicness is nice and all, but like. Having a healthy social media yeah. is very wonderful and very helpful for. It's crazy what it is. This industry. Yeah. Do you like social media personally, though? Um, or do you see it as like a business tool? I, I see it way more as a tool. Um, I don't know if you're sap you're privy to my social media at all, but I <laughs> I'm fairly active on Instagram. I you know I have the aesthetically pleasing grid where I'm just like oh look at this nice edited Photoshop picture of me from a shoot, and then on my story. I say like the strangest fuck shit ever. I just <laughs> like my stories are super fucking long and I just sit there and I just talk about random shit. Yesterday I was reading about the death of Kaylee Anthony by her mother, Casey Anthony. And mm. I was like, Casey Anthony was so guilty. Like, God damn. And that, <laughs> that was 10 years ago. And I just, I pulled up my phone and I was like, I don't a little late to this, but. Casey Anthony was guilty. Oh my god! For gosh. sure. Like, okay. <laughs> and uh, my friends called me. They're like, Anna, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like Casey Anthony was guilty. <laughs> oh gosh. So, um, yeah, it's a nice way to have the artist kind of aesthetic, but then also you can really engage with your audience, be personal, be yourself, and that's actually what makes my advertisements do so well. Is I just put up my phone i use snapchat to make my ads and i slide the thing on lock and i stand there with my cat in my hands and i'm like hi i just made a song and it would be really embarrassing if nobody listened to it so you should stream it and then it cuts off and then it gives you the link and oh, people click on it because they're like what like what did she just say oh, <laughs> that's funny as hell it's fun damn yeah you seem like you've got your shit under control then pretty well I suppose. Wow. I mean, I'm thousands of dollars in debt, but <gasps> <Really? laughs> at least I, for God, music. Yes, this is expensive. Even like, I like not in debt to the government or anybody right. in particular. Everybody gets paid. Yeah. But I have not made back a fraction of the money that I've spent yeah. making this music. That's how it starts out. Yeah. And I don't really know how yet, so I don't have that under control yet. And that's that's the thing about having a record label is they give you an advance, mm. and that's money that you live off of. Yeah, they're like, okay, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Just don't blow that advance, you know. Yeah, because you have to pay it back. Yeah, <laughs> you have to pay it back with the records. Um, but yeah, that's the other nice thing about being with a label is you get paid enough money to live. Whereas, like right now, I would I, I live with my parents. I would not be able to move out of my and your cat. parents' house. Yeah, and my cat. Don't forget. Me and my cat <laughs> live together in my little bedroom, and I make music up there, and then I, like, leave occasionally to, like, do this. Oh, yeah. So do you follow, like, other, like, people who've done your route, like, the pop route? Do you follow their stories to, like, figure out some, not, like, copy what they're doing, but, like, gain inspiration, like, some, like, marketing tips they've done or their yeah. come up or whatever? Yeah, I mean, uh, not a ton of pop people here that I, that I really know, but I know... Um, I don't know how traditional my route is, but I just, I try my best to research as much as possible. I watch a lot of YouTube videos on, you know, like, because timing is important. Consistency is important. And just having everything under control, having all of your assets under control, having assets, period, having a video, having, you know, artwork, having enough shoots, that will make a huge impact on how your record does. It's just having the content ready to go. Um, and... I mean, I know a lot of pop artists, their kind of journey is, oh, you know, I got a pub deal with a label and I started writing for other artists and then I eventually made a song that I put my vocal on and the label agreed to release it. Mm. I feel like that's a really common journey that a lot of artists go through. Charlie Puth, Bozzy, Upsall, she's really awesome, you know. They're all writers writing for other people that finally broke as artists. Mm. Have you paid attention to Little Mosey at all? Because like he's kind of around our age. Yeah, I think, I think we're the same age. I know he's from here. I know we have like a few mutuals, but um, I don't really. I mean, I'm not super into rap, so I haven't really listened to his music. Mm -hmm. Well, he kind of just had like the right connections in a way too. So. Yeah, I don't know much about how he like got to where he is. Could you like me? It's a very aggravating for a lot of up and coming Seattle artists. He just had the right connections, basically. 
That's oh. realistically, that's like how old was two blow up at like 15, 16? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, like, you, you did all those like vocal lessons and stuff, you know, like, and you still are working on yeah. becoming. Uh, uh, what, are, what are your goals then? Like, are you, your like, overall goal is to be like a pop artist. Yeah, my overall goal is to make pop music, maybe not even pop music someday, just to make music. Rap music. So no. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> but um, my main goal is um, just to make a living off of music mm. and just live comfortably while doing what I love. I think that would be incredibly ideal. And where do you want to live? Is it here in Seattle, LA? Here. Here. I don't think I, I mean, I will obviously have a residence in LA. That is a goal. Have a residence in LA, but also afford to have a residence in the suburbs of Seattle. <laughs> I, want, I want a condo. I want to be rich and famous and have a condo on that Houghton Beach trip, you know? Oh, yeah. the, that's where I want to have a condo. And then I want like a house in LA and then an apartment in New York. And that's my dream. And then we're gonna have a big ass skyscraper podcast tower, and that's what's gonna happen. That would be pretty epic. It, it is what's gonna happen. It just takes a while. Yeah, but we yeah, got it. Takes it. A while. And you're gonna be a fame. You're gonna be an A-list pop star. <laughs> Hopefully, <we> <laughs> yeah. So, what are your goals for 2021? For 2021, my goal is to release an EP, a collection of songs. It's almost done. Oh yeah. Any features? No, not on this one. Okay, there we go. Yeah. And what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, creators, influencers? Do your damn research. Mm. Network. And stop paying attention to what everybody else is doing and just focus on yourself. Don't look at other people's numbers if they're going to discourage you. Only do it for the sake of research. And don't be discouraged if one of your records doesn't do well because that happens a ton and you just have to make another one. Yes, and, you do. Yeah. Just keep doing that over and over and over. And then one of them is going to pop eventually if it's good. Hell yeah. Yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, You can find me on Instagram at the Anna Thompson, TikTok at the Anna Thompson. And I guess I should probably plug my Twitter. I have like 70 followers and I never use it. Twitter <laughs> at Edgy Thompson. Follow me. Um, I think I should probably start promoting that. So, yeah. Did you say Edgy Thompson? Edgy Thompson. I'm dead. Okay. Yes. It's on my license plate. <laughs> this is the NAS Podcast with... Anna Thompson. There we go.